Hey everybody, this is Sabrina and I'm here with the Sci-Fi Sisters and welcome to another episode of our podcast called the Sci-Fi Sisters. This week, we've got a really special show and we're going to tell you how it's possible to get from Brandy to Burnham. All right. Are you ready for that? All right. We got here with us today, Yvette Blackman. Hey. And J.D. Keeling. Ciao. And I'm going to hand this show over to J.D. because this was her brainchild as she's going to walk us through how we're going to get from Brandy to Burnham. All right, J.D., it's all yours. All right. Well, I... I don't know if our listeners have seen the 1997 uh, technically Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella, which was made in an effort for Disney to just really sell the fact that they had just bought ABC. I'm not even going to lie. It's completely corporate. But most people would know it better as the Brandy Cinderella. Came out on November 2nd in 1997 and... It was a significant part for a lot of mostly millennials, if you ask them. But given that it garnered 60 million viewers across America, which at the time would be a third of all Americans, it probably meant a lot to some others. So to get started, what did you guys think of the film? I loved it. I saw it when it first came out with the wonderful world of Disney, but my two-year-old and um, I always think of bonding moment with her. She, we had a, I think we've had, we had like three video this video tapes of it because it would pop or, you know, we were always watching it. She sang every single song. She's still singing. We actually watched it um, on her birthday this year and she was just, elated that it was on Disney plus. So, I mean, 26 years later and she uh, is still celebrating the fact that Brandy was uh, Cinderella, you know, it still means so much to her. So. Okay. This is Sabrina. (laughs) And what I love about the sci-fi sisters is that we do have this generational gap here. So we've got uh, JD who's coming in, you know, watching this when she was how old JD? Uh, I was six when it first came out. Like, I had just turned six. Okay. Yvette, you were a new mom, and this was the first version of the um, Cinderella by Oscar, uh, uh, Rodgers and Hemstein, right? This is your first Mm -hmm. version. Yes, the first time, yeah. And everyone knows that Sabrina is the Star Trek OG, meaning that, you know, yeah, yeah. So I was back there in 65. When the second version of this show came out, starring uh, Leslie and Dow and um, Celeste Holmes and Ginger Rogers, and that was my Cinderella. So this is very interesting for me. In 97, I wasn't a new mom, but I was newly married. I didn't have any kids. And so this kind of like, you know, buzzed over my head, but I did see it. I was one of the 60 million. Definitely. And just to put that number in context, we're sitting here right now in the middle of all the buzz about the other Black princess, uh, mm-hmm. the Duchess of Sussex, and her interview with the real Black princess, Oprah Winfrey. 
Exactly. And that buzz is going all around the world. I mean, people are losing their jobs and losing their minds. They're making memes. Everything's happening, right? But they had 17 million watching that show. So let's just put that in context. Brandy had 60 million people watching the show. So this was really huge. I was one of those 60 million because, as we said, this show didn't come back on after they made that broadcast. I loved them. I loved it. I, I think... It was a little hard for me because I was in that mode of a lot of people in comparing it to the 65 version. But I tell you, the sets, the songs were the same. The sets were beautiful. And I thought Whitney Houston knocked it out of the park. And I give Brandy, I give Brandy, you know, I give her a salute. She, she was all right. But you know who I loved? That Prince. <laughs> Prince Chris. Wow, baby. Uh, yeah, you know how I like my Spanish man, you know, Rios, Christopher. Mm. Well, he's Filipino. What am I talking about? He's Filipino, yeah. yeah he's he's Filipino, yeah. He's yeah. Not trying to fool me. Oh, even better. Asian and Spanish? Stop it. Oh, my God. <laughs> send, send, send all your letters to. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> so, to get back to JD, and uh, yes, I, I enjoyed the film. <laughs> And because I didn't give my opinion. Yes, please do. Yeah, no, obviously I I greatly enjoyed the film. I do, honestly, I don't think I had watched it since I was like six. Because I definitely remember watching it with my cousin back when I was living in Kansas. Mm. So like, I was six, my... Yeah, exactly. I know. I was gonna I was let it sick. go. My cousin was was um she she was eight because she's two years older than me. So we're both living in like Topeka, Kansas, which I mean at the time it was actually weirdly diverse. It was before Kansas got all weird with the Westboro Baptist Church and all that, and BTK, which is a whole different podcast, but. <laughs> Um, like it, it was, it was, it was a weirdly diverse place. Because when I say Kansas, people think Clark Kent, Dorothy, a lot of white folks and cows. Um, which yep. I mean, there yep. were a lot of white folks and cows, <laughs> but there were also black people. Okay. And at the time, I don't know if it's still true, but Kansas had a like a very high, well, at least Topeka had a high amount of like interracial couples. So like. Like I had black friends, I had white friends. That's those are really your two options in Kansas at the time. But you know, it was something we had all seen and we had all enjoyed. It was it was special to all of us. Okay, all right. So we'll just say Kansas was cool back then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Kansas, of Kansas. Kansas, if you're listening, if you're listening, Kansas. <laughs> we love you, Kansas. That's right. Really. Okay. That's right. Really back in. Really back in. <laughs> I got nothing against kids. Um, okay, so what else, JD? So we all love the film. Yeah, We're loving Cinderella. Uh, We're loving Brandy. Yeah, and because I know I had a lot of the, a lot of the. Did any what? What were some moments that like stood out in the film to y'all? Oh, I I want to go. Can I go? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll Other than the print. Wait, wait, wait. I got it. <laughs> I got one. I got one. I'm like being miney now. Rage in my hand. Um, so, so you all know I'm a total classic film buff, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually have another another brand that I talk about 
old movies from classic Hollywood. And I want to say my favorite movie moment in this movie was at the ball when Brandy and Paolo were dancing and the camera was doing a 360 move and they were spinning and waltzing. And let me tell you, I took my hat off to that scene. I don't know how many times they rehearsed that. I don't know how many times they must have shot that, but it was flawless. And I was just spinning and singing and spinning and singing. And I was like, I love him. I love her. I love him. That was my absolute favorite moment. They were terrific in that scene. Didn't even notice. No. That was a really hard Go back and watch the movie. <laughs> I it was that. amazing okay. how the camera was going around them and they were going around and the dancers were dancing. I could not figure out the staging. I was like, this is amazing. I will have to watch that again. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And they were so, Well, my favorite part or my standout part, I guess, was... I don't know, the, the scenes. I, I, I don't know how to explain it. Everything was so colorful. Oh, yeah. Art direction. And I think that's what... The, it wasn't even just the art direction. It was everything. I mean, the food was colorful. The, the background, the people were colorful. It, it, everything was diverse. It was... I think that's... Every time I think of that movie, I think about that. The color mm-hmm. of everything, you know? Inanimate objects, human beings, just everything. <laughs> the clothing, the yeah. clothing was, and yeah. it was, and it wasn't like. Um, <laughs> it always reminds me of Neelix's Neelix and Quark's clothes. <laughs> you know how they always have those mm-hmm. rich and colors. Food. Well, the food too, but it, it just remind me. It always reminds me of that. You know, it was. I, I just that that that's what makes that movie so wonderful. Because it was, you know, appealing to little kids too. So the colors, you know, colors were just stand out. I loved it. It did win yeah, an Emmy. No. Did it? Yeah. it, it uh, Art direction won an Emmy for this uh, this movie. So it was yes, you're correct. Absolutely yeah. correct. It was stunning. Yeah, I, I totally get what you're talking about because I know when I was watching it this morning because I waited for the last minute. Um, I I saw that like. Even in the scene when they're going around, like, trying on all the shoes, on all the feet, you have all these bright, colorful socks, and yes, you have white yes, feet, yes, and you have hilarious. black feet, yes, and you have yes. all colored feet. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah, they, they never missed the scene where color, diversity in color was not the main topic. You know, it was always there. You know, you, you, you always understood that diversity was the main theme to this whole uh, event. So it, yeah, it I, and to that point, um, from what I read, it was also very intentional seeing how uh, Whitney Houston really, really pushed for it to be diverse and not just to have another white princess. She wanted this to be something, you know, kind of for everyone. Yeah. And not even yeah. just an all black version of right. Cinderella. Right, you know, yeah. uh, going the other way. So, did you re- did you know that Whitney was supposed to be Cinderella originally? Yeah. Yes, and I also know that she wound up because it got delayed. It was supposed to be made in 1993, and then by the time it was made around 1997, 
she said, you know what? I'm a new mom. I'm not feeling like a princess anymore. <laughs> but I, 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 <laughs> I, I know of a woman, I know of a young woman who would be perfect for the role, despite yeah. the fact that uh, one of the producers was all like, maybe we should cast Jewel. No offense to Jewel, but she ain't no Brandy. <laughs> wow, no. <laughs> Oh, R and B, I, I love that that they picked an R and B singer, and not like we were saying before, they could have went to Broadway and got you know some some Broadway kid to play that, but they picked an R and B singer, which you know Brandy was everything back then. You know she she was Moesha, you know she she, she had she had hit hit songs out. She and she was not pop; she was R and B. You know so. I think that I think it was perfect, and I love that Whitney uh, Whitney picked her. So I I, I love that because Whitney was one of the co-producers. She was a mm-hmm. producer on this, yeah. so yeah, Whitney picked her. Yeah. And um, you know, I, they they talked about Chase uh, Deborah Martin Chase is one of the other producers, and she is also <laughs> uh, well known for producing Harriet. lately Harriet. Yeah, oh, and uh, gotta see that thing. A couple of other guys are in there producing too. So Craig Zandon and Neil Marone were also producers. But um, Deborah Martin Chase and Whitney got together on this one, and they were talking about this and wanted to make this a um, a diverse cast Cinderella. And once the once the studios heard this, and they said Sydney, Sydney Whitney was attached to it, mm-hmm. money just came flying. This had a pretty hefty budget of twelve million dollars. So you know. Yeah, in 1997 dollars, I don't know what that is, but for a, for a fairy tale on TV, yeah. that's what a, a black lot of princess. But a black person, <laughs> <laughs> a black princess too. Wow, that's a lot of cashola. Yeah, yeah. And um, I guess getting back to the point of standout moments, I I would have to say for me, it it t- actually two things. The first was um in the song when they're announcing the ball and they're listing the names. I love the variety of names. Yeah. Because it, it's not just all like, oh, yes, it's, it's Prince Christopher. No, it's Christopher Rupert, Windermere Vladimir, Carl Alexander, Francois Reginald, Lancelot Herman. Herman? Gregory Herman. <laughs> <laughs> Herman? Yeah. I love that one, too. Yeah. And, and, gave him like, that name for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's just such a diverse group of names. Yeah. So like, like even that, it was like a point of like, no, you're not, you're not just like this one white name. No, we're gonna hit all nationalities. Yeah, we're gonna get them all in there. That's it. And all, th- all three of them had the, those kind of names: the, the queen, the, the yeah. king, and the prince. So, yeah. It was, it was yeah, and then my second favorite thing was just like stuck with me almost immediately was when the prince first meets Cinderella and he's talking about like oh I'll treat you like a princess and she's all like I just want to be treated like a person Person, yeah. <laughs> like that even now is still like such a revolutionary thing to hear in like any sort of romantic situation where it's all because everyone always wants to be like oh no I'll treat I'll treat you like uh I'll treat you like that king or a queen i'm gonna put you on a pedestal it's like no 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 just just treat me like a human being and we'll, we'll be good this whole right. pump the brakes buddy pump the brakes yep. <laughs> <laughs> but that that i think that's um we were saying before that's how that her not being a damsel in distress was how 
uh, Disney went after that, you know, in the timeline. So I think that's a perfect way. I think that was the perfect, um, uh, what's going to say, the, the, the perfect thing to get out there to young, to young girls. Yeah. In 1997, you know, yeah. you're not going to be a damsel in distress anymore. Right, I'm tired right. of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turn right. page. That's it. Because <laughs> after that, all the princesses were pretty much, as you were saying, heroes. They they saved their own selves and everybody else after that, you know, because Mulan was next. And yeah. she definitely was not a damsel in distress. That was the whole point of the movie, you know. So I think it kind of moved it on. You know, let, let's 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 get away from that. Women are definitely not damsels in distress. You know, they're out there trying to trying to save the world just like everybody else. You know. Yeah, and and I think that's probably the first the first brick that uh, the Brandy Cinderella is going to lay down on our little trip to how we're going to get to Michael. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do it, people. We're going to yeah. get you. We're going to get you there. <laughs> All right, so. While we're at this awkward lull, do like uh, like okay. So with Brandy Cinderella, it I think it aired at the Chinese Theater like once. That was like the only theatrical event. It aired on NB no on ABC once, and then it was on VHS after a very strong push from Disney because at, t- at the time a lot of film carriers didn't want to like put out this film because they didn't think anyone would buy it and Disney had to come out and tell people if you want the rights to our animated features from now on you have to put out this film so like wow. even then it did have its hurdles yeah. but as we all know it kind of disappeared until just like this year where it came out on Disney Plus mm-hmm. but that also kind of made it like this very nostalgic personal thing for a lot of people so do you think the film benefited from being unavailable that's a good one the double-edged sword yeah well you know you know how disney likes to say that things were being put in the vault you know (laughs) and they're gonna put it away for so many years but this wasn't disney doing that this was other people doing it to to disney um by really you know not wanting to broadcast it but and the thing that always gets me about that i think you know it's taken it 20 years to benefit from it i kind of think it's kind of like a left-handed smack benefit but um it always amazes me that when people you know it's like people not believing the science people not believing the numbers you know you're seeing 60 million people tuning in to watch that what makes you think they're not gonna buy it you got Moesha putting out records that is selling, you know, faster than hot biscuits. What makes you think they're not going to buy it? You got Whitney Houston breaking records for number one songs. What makes you think they're not going to buy it? There's always some guy in a room someplace at the head of the studio who's thinking they're not going to buy it. It's like, what's a dude? Do it come out of the, you know, your turtle shell? So, you know, based on that, I, 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 don't think it benefited. I think it nostalgically, it made it very um, uh, emotional to see it come back out. But I think they lost a lot of money. And I think they, they cut their nose off to spite their face. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think I definitely think it, it did not benefit because it should have been out there because there are people. I mean, we all most of us saw it, but it would have been nice to be able to see it whenever you wanted to see it. Um, 
But I, I don't know. I think it might. I mean, it depends. I mean, now, like we were saying, you 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 can watch it anytime you want. Uh, it'd be nice to have it every if year. If you have Disney Plus. If you have Disney, right. If you have Disney Plus. That's another thing. And then who has, I don't think it's on anything else because it was on VHS and nobody has a VHS anymore. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's actually, I mean, if you don't have Disney plus, then you're not watching it, you know, or you don't even know it's out there because I mean, did they really push for it? I mean, the people who are nostalgic about it knew about it. It was like, Oh, I got to see this. But if you didn't see it, are you really looking at for it? I mean, I don't, I don't think Disney pushed it. You know, I think we're pushing it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Disney did a big push for it as it, you know, came out. And I think I, when it first came out, they did, or when they, you know, announced it, and then, you know, I didn't see it anymore. It was Snow White. It was in there with Snow White. It's in there with Snow White and and Bambi, and, and Aurora, and Bambi. Yeah. Oh my God! When they put when they put Bambi in the vault, I almost went crazy. I, you know, I was like, Oh my God! They're gonna put it in the vault. I, oh, I gotta buy Bambi. I was like thirty years old. I was getting ready to buy Bambi. Put it in the vault. I will. I will say for Disney, um, they well when they announced that they were putting it on Disney Plus. It was a huge deal. I'm sure they got a number of new subscribers off that. Okay. But then there is like this whole legal backstory of who has the rights. And like even today, like while they've sorted out the whole film, like you mm-hmm. still cannot get the album because Right. When it first came out, Brandy's record label was all like, ooh, no, you see, she only does R&B. Mm-hmm. We can't have people thinking she does, like, Broadway singing, which, obviously, it's that's that insane. Guy it's that same <laughs> guy. It's, it's that guy. Yeah. It's the guy who wanted to have the show. It's the same guy. <laughs> Just like he comes up with these pronouncements, like, oh, no, you know. Yeah, and let's name who it was. It was Arista Records. Oh no, Atlantic Records. Atlantic, Atlantic yeah. Records. If you're listening, what's up and with the soundtrack? And we know you are. <laughs> yeah. And we know you are. Where's the soundtrack? We want to sit. Where, yeah, where is the soundtrack? That that's also pretty crazy. That there's no I mean, soundtrack. There's no soundtrack I mean, to this day. Yeah, that's that's yeah. crazy. You don't want to hear me sing it because I I'll, no okay. <laughs> So let's go with the soundtrack. And so uh, to to into the other, it was funny because Whitney Houston's um, label was uh, Arista Records and Clive Davis, and they were pushing for the soundtrack to be released. And then Atlantic just got up in there. You know, the guy came out of his office and he says, oh, no, it's too poppy and it's too mainstream for Moesha's image, which we want to be urban. So, you know, they were basically saying, little black girls, stay in your lane. Yep. That's what they were saying. That's what they did. So you don't hear her singing in my own little corner, which was my other favorite moment in that movie. Um, I thought she did a great job. That's like my favorite, my second favorite song. But um, I thought thought that was one of her best acting uh, moments in the song. It was just a beautiful uh, her voice her voice is delicate brandy has a delicate voice especially when up against whitney houston and when she sang that song that voice was perfect mm-hmm. what the soundtrack come on <laughs> let's do this all right well 
obviously I, I, I don't know if it benefited from being unavailable. I know it, in a way it kind of made it sacred to my generation where it's mm-hmm. just all like, it, it's not something we could watch. It's just something we always had to remember and hold in our hearts until like last month. <laughs> yeah. It's very sentimental. I know it's same with my yeah. mom. It's a very sentimental thing. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I, like I am, I am a little happy. I, I didn't have to like, grow up and listen to like randoms on Twitter being all like oh this is so bad because like shut up no one cares about your opinion this is sacred because right now you know that would happen yeah. they just yeah. like, ruin everything these trolls yeah. well, that thing would have got trolled all up and down dragged like yeah. a dog you got that right I get that I get that that makes it sacred yeah yep, yep, yep. you know yeah. one so, of the things I loved about this is that um it seemed like the whole cast was having a good time making the film and I don't have a lot of backstories in it, but um, my favorite guy in there, you know, Prince Christopher Paolo. Oh my God. I think that man was cute. Um, He actually, you know, put Brandy at ease because she had not done anything like this. You know, she said that, you know, Moesha was a TV show where they had a couple of set pieces and, you know, you did in front of an audience, you do your lines, you go, but like I said before, there was dancing, there was movement, there was all the stuff that was going to happen. And um, Paolo apparently said to Brandy, I've got you. Mm. He was an experienced Broadway actor. And I thought the two of them had instantaneous chemistry. And another time that the guy up in the office, I mean, where's this guy? I want to slap him. Um, <laughs> I think they should have been paired up again in any, any Something kind else, of movie. yeah. Anyway, yeah. make an urban movie, make an R&B movie, do whatever you got to do. Paolo could have hung with it. But um, they had such great chemistry. It would have been really fun to see them do something else together. Yeah, no, that that movie had like every part of the cast was amazing. And I have to say, like, my favorite part of it is either it's kind of a tie between Bernadette and Whoopi, because I just love whenever the kids are like, ah! <laughs> Bernadette Peters was awesome in that movie, and 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 they she was so awesome that they actually pulled one of the complaints I read. You know, I go into the Internet Movie Database and I always kind of do some research. And as everyone knows, I usually do the, the historical research for any Star yes. Trek episode we're talking about, and yes. for this one. So I went in to read these these reviews that people leave. I mean, good lord. And I loved it when people were complaining about the fact that there were additional songs added to this version that were not in the 65 version or in the Julie Andrews version that came out in 57. And they were mad because they were like, I don't know why you would want to ruin, you know, uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein because you put all these songs in it and why are you trying to go R&B? And then like, like, dude, dude, these are all Rodgers and Hammerstein songs. One of the stipulations from the organization when they were going to make this movie was that if they added any other music, it had to come from the Rodgers and Hammerstein portfolio. And Mm -hmm. so the big song that Bernadette Peters gets, because she was a huge Broadway star, and they decided that there was no real song for the stepmother to sing. They were going to get her a song. Mm -hmm. So they, they went and they found a song in the portfolio for Bernadette to sing. So I just love that they did that because I too love her and that. And then that song is really important too. And here's another brick. 
coming down in that foundation because she sings that song where she's telling her daughters falling in love with love mm-hmm. and that you know you really shouldn't just fall in you shouldn't just fall in love like that you shouldn't fall in love with love you, you know she was just making this whole thing like don't do this just because you want to be in love it was just a great song if you listen to those words it was like another you know, empowerment kind of thing. Like, this isn't the reason, even though she was kind of cynical about mm-hmm. it. She, she was cynical, cynical about it. Yeah, but she, but it was cynical. a message, you know, it wasn't yeah. just like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, you know, some people, they just want to get married because they can have a wedding. Happily ever after. Yeah. She, it's not always happily ever after. Yeah. So. But I love that Bernadette got a big solo. Yeah. It was great. It was, it was, I mean, it was very intelligent too, because I think that song also showed her what she had went through and how she fell in love. And then she decided the next time she fell in love, she's going to fall in love for money and make it work for her and her daughters. So it it was, there was a, there was a lot of little, little little gems in a lot of those songs. And I don't know, you got to watch it a few times to to, like, like most great um, films or um, you, you have to, there's a, there's a lot of messages in there. You got to really, it really were. I think there were a lot of messages that you may not have picked up. You yeah. know, if you think you know the story of Cinderella, yeah. um, watching this movie, I think it was a little bit deeper message that mm-hmm. just kind of went past you because it was such a beautiful, colorful, wonderful film that if you slow it down and really watch it. It was really something. Yeah. But um, one other thing I noticed um, is that I thought this film was reminiscent to me, like watching it now, again, that opening scene in the marketplace, I thought it was so much like, I don't know, the Belle, Beauty and the Beast, you know, the one. Yes, yes. They had almost the same kind of scene where it was like in the open market and they were, you know, moving camera, they were tracking, I'll go, they get a little film tech, very little film technical. They were tracking (laughs) shot, they were running around, they were dancing Mm -hmm. and they were just like all over this huge, huge set. And it just reminded me so much of, you know, the Beauty and the Beast live action movie that we just saw. Um, And I said, you know, Disney just said, oh, yeah, that really worked. And even if anybody (laughs) saw Jingle Jangle um, this December, there was that whole big, you know, sort of like, you know, just dancing in the street stuff that a lot of people complained about because the original staging of the Cinderella version had always been on a closed TV set. Right, right. But right, this right. movie but, decided to open it up, and I thought it. I thought it worked well. I really did. I enjoyed they, it. They did. They did a wonderful job of making it an event. You know, it was. It was. It was the the thing that you wanted to see when the wonderful world of Disney came back on. Oh. You know, yeah, so it, that's the point. This was. This yeah. was the bringing back the wonderful world of Disney for those of us right. that are my age. <laughs> And mine, okay. and mine, because so I watch the wonderful every Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a mainstay, you know. Um, but to bring that back and and to have just that grandiose opening scene and Jason Alexander, you know, doing his thing because we know him at that time. I guess he was on uh, Seinfeld, and uh, so yep. you know he's a big time Broadway actor. So this was like he he was in his element. He I, I love him. Right. And I, I did not watch Seinfeld. Probably the only person on, no, on this no. earth who's never watched Well, here's it. the other person. Okay. I've seen okay. not one episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> I've seen pieces, you know, like memes. But um, yeah. but I do know that he was comical. 
in that movie, in that, in that show. But I do know him as a Broadway actor and, you know, he was, I, he was another one that just like Bernadette Peters, I, he, they made the movie, you know, oh I think I, I think them and, and the two uh, stepsisters are probably, are probably my favorites. And just seeing Whoopi was everything. Oh, and let's have a little (laughs) shout out for um, Minerva, the actress that played Minerva, because um, her name is what, Natasha DeSalle Reed? I think so, yes. And she was also in the movie BAP. She just recently passed away back in December from a with a long after a long battle of cancer. So I just want to give a shout out to her family. She was amazing in this film. I thought she almost stole the movie from (laughs) Rain. Because she she was hilarious. All her scenes were great. (laughs) Where did she come from? I love that. Love it. But she thought it scratchy. Oh, <laughs> so Minerva, Minerva, and Calliope was actually good too. And she really reminded me of Carol Burnett. And I she thought, really I did. Thought she everybody really did. was yes. so good. Yeah, yeah really is that did. like crazy? I thought it was. Yeah. Like, I kept looking like, is that her daughter or niece? I mean, who is this? Right, friend? right. They were a great pair. They were a really great pair. And they, black they, and white sisters. And it was just like, okay, yep, that's just what it is. Okay. Yes. Yes. And I think that took a lot off of, uh, I think I was reading that it took a lot off Bernadette Peters' character being the white evil stepmother uh, to a black uh, stepdaughter. And, mm. you know, it just showed that the color had nothing to do with it because she had a black daughter um, who she thought was better than Brandy just because she was her daughter. You know, so I think that, because I I never thought about it. And then when I was watching it this time, I was like, oh, they got a white that's kind of weird, but then it just kind of went away yeah, because just, yeah. I didn't think about it anymore when I first, you know, was watching it again, and then I didn't. I was like, "Well, she has a black daughter, so yeah, it'll be okay." Nerva, <laughs> my nerve. Yeah. and Calliope. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so would you say, kind of taking it away from Brandy, slowly moving into topic two, uh, would you say? Things are in. Would you say things are improving regarding uh, representation and like fantasy and sci-fi, or do you think this was just like a perfect storm that we'll probably never see again? Oh no, I think I think um, right now, you know, I just had a, a feeling earlier today. There was some other sci-fi thing got announced today, and I was like, "Golly, like what? They're just going crazy. They just like open the fire hose now." <laughs> but there, I think there's a lot of great stuff coming out, you know, especially from the UK, where you know, um, Umbrella Academy and stuff like that, where they have these diverse casts. Um, uh, I I love it. I mean, I think uh, Black Mirror has done a lot of great stuff. So I think they all kind of owe a little debt to you know Brandy being that black princess coming in and being the star of the show you know being the lead and i think that's kind of the difference that they've put blacks in things and you may be like that character that you know you're coming along for the ride you're in the back seat of the car but brandy was the lead on that sheet you know and that was the that was the key she was the princess she was the beautiful one she was the number one on the call sheet and um that i think is something that we may have just come back to in these in this later years here just now i I think um this was 1997 
And um, we didn't see really, I mean, it happened. It was great. It got shelved. Um, but, you know, it didn't, it didn't just like, it, it, in TV, it didn't really change much right away. Right. I think it was a, a catalyst, but it didn't change. But what did happen was that things, things for girls changed after this. And I don't know if Brandy's portrayal of uh, Cinderella had anything to do with it because it happened right away, but it was Brandy and these things happening, you know, in the world. Little girls saw themselves, these teens, the, as we, the Olympics were happening right afterwards. Uh, Janeway was on the bridge of the of Voyager. You know, it was just a culmination at that time. Little girls were seeing themselves in these powerful positions. WNBA and I think started. that helped. WNBA started uh, the same year. Yeah. You know, well, and the year before that, the the uh, the national team, the the soccer, women's soccer was like a big deal. You know, so all these things were kind of happening along. So, you know, not only were their mothers getting excited and seeing, you know, things happen, the change. Little girls were seeing this. This was something that was normal to them. JD was saying before how, you know, she was six. So all this stuff was happening as she was in grade school, you know, and this, so when I was in grade school, no, this wasn't a thing, <laughs> you know, it was not a thing that my role models were in my house, you know, not on TV, you know, so it, this was, this was nice, you know, this was, so you had your, your role models in your house. And then when you watch TV, uh, maybe everybody wasn't black, but they were, the girls were doing things, you know, women were doing things that they weren't doing before. So I think maybe that was kind of the ball that was rolling at that time. And we started, and I think that's the benefit is now where we're going now, because the people making these, these, all this new sci-fi were little girls at that time or little boys at that time. Cause it affected boys also, of course, because yeah, they were watching true. TV too, you know? So this is what's going on now in sci-fi and in TV is, you know, those little kids that were watching Brandy Cinderella. Cause remember, a bunch of us was watching that. So, I think I think what you just said goes back to what JD said when we were doing the show on a horror, and how you know you said JD the horror that you remembered of her TOS, but she was just you know on the bridge and you wanted her to do something, and so I think that's exactly what you're seeing now in '97. Here are the women coming in. And saying, no, I don't just want to be loved. And I, I want to be loved for this reason or that reason. And I want this and I want that. And yeah, you know, I'm rescuing me. And all this stuff is starting to happen in 1997. It's taken a while since the burning of the bras back in the day. But, <laughs> you know, and, um, but, it, but it's happening as always. You know, it's kind of sneaking up on us. But um, so I think one of the things we wanted to talk about a little bit more, too, if you is how it connects on in this uh, in this historical sense. So what's your next question there, JD? You had another question about that. Um, um, oh no, we've been talking about, you know, the continuation of that historical, the historical black woman. And then we have the movie in 2013, which was actually made by a Nigerian woman as a director called Bell, where we see uh, another yep. historical reference, and here is a black woman who's playing an aristocrat in uh, 
London society back in the 1800s. And this caused a little wave when I remember this came out and everybody was just like, oh, well, that really couldn't happen and blah, 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 blah. But it was based on an actual painting that was a real life painting. This is a real life person. And uh, Gugu Mabatha Raw, her, her beautiful self, will somebody please give this woman more to do, um, <laughs> plays Belle, who, like Brandy's princess, she's rich. She's, uh, well, she's not, you know, Brandy didn't start off, Cinderella didn't start off rich. And neither did this woman. She is an orphan, like Cinderella found herself to be, an orphan. And she is taken into this house and this is a distant relatives and grows up in riches and everything and realizes that she's um, she's black and she's got to make her way in a society. But then they find out that she's an heiress and things all change. So it's a yeah. very interesting take on the black woman as princess. <laughs> and I'm going to put it in there as a as a little marker from Brandy's Cinderella, we're going to go over to 2013, to Belle. And um, JD, I think you saw this movie too, right? Yeah, I I, I mean, I, I saw it for all the wrong reasons because there is an English by the name of Matthew 3, an absolute... And he played the father. So I was so like, yeah, no, I'll watch him. Right. So yeah, I I saw I saw Belle, but for all the wrong reasons, because there is an absolutely lovely actor named Matthew Judd. He's six three, absolutely gorgeous. And he played her father in the beginning of the film and I, I don't remember much beyond him. Not gonna yeah, lie. Because he's only in the first ten minutes of the film. That's oh why. That could be why. I watched a lot of bad films because a lot of gorgeous men were in the first ten he minutes. Died. Okay. It's the orphan thing. He's dead. He's dead. Yeah. yeah. See, dead see, when we see. met him. Dead when we met him. I got no. <laughs> yeah, just like just like Cinderella, her her father is gone and her mother is gone, and here is Belle trying to make her way through the world. But she does have a mentor that takes you know takes her un, takes her under his wing. So we have that similarity with Cinderella and Belle, and then we're gonna. But Cinderella's move. mentor is the godmother, right? Cinderella's mentor is the godmother. Yes, fairy, and, fairy godmother. Yeah. Fairy godmother, and then in in Belle. It's her grandfather. He really, he really tells her that she's as good as anybody else, even though he knows that she's going to have a hard way to go in this society. Um, and it's a very interesting relationship. So it's a, it's a cool movie to watch because it, uh, it does have some historical background, but then, you know, she falls in love too, and it's wonderful, but um, interesting, interesting. And it tells the backstory of when uh, the UK abolish slavery. So that's the underlying story in that movie. So we're going to move it on to the connection between Belle and Shondaland and JD. We get to what? Our favorite, well, my favorite, Bridgerton. Yeah, which I watched it's, it's, for all the wrong definitely reasons. definitely your favorite. <laughs> you watched for all the wrong reasons, too. <laughs> <laughs> all the wrong reasons. Well, sometimes you need to watch things for the wrong reasons. Yep. <laughs> I watched I watched a couple of scenes over and over again for the wrong reasons. But <laughs> so <laughs> in 2017, 
the film production group of Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston sat down at Shondaland to talk about the production of Cinderella. And then, I don't know, three years later, we get Bridgerton. Mm. So I think that something rubbed off. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, it was. I think it was that. Um, I, I think. Let's put a d- disclaimer there. I I did not watch this this show, but people in my house have watched it many many times. Uh, so I know what's been going on, and I know why you were watching it for the wrong reasons. Hello. Um, but I I think when I when we were talking about this, the first thing I thought was that colorblind type of casting that they they did in um, Cinderella. It was basically the same thing. You know, everybody was cast, no matter what you look like, as long as you were good for the part, you got the role. So, exactly. you know, I, I, that's the first thing I thought of when I, when I saw that. See, I, I thought similar things, except I thought Bridgerton did it so much worse. Because honestly, if you look at the cast for Bridgerton, you have like four or five black people in a cast of white people and yes like they are definitely like the leads and very important characters but like compared to something like brandy cinderella where it was clear it's like every other person is either black and you have some asian people and it's just like a whole melting pot like i can see where the inspiration came from but they also are clearly bogged down in the general unwillingness of Hollywood in 2020. Yeah, they didn't want to be shelved like Brandy was, like Brandy Cinderella was. Uh oh. <laughs> so once they were looking out <laughs> for that guy, that guy was going to come out of the right. room, going to come out of the office again. That's right. And it probably wasn't a guy this time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Too many black people in there. Oh. Right. <laughs> Nobody's going to buy it. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. But that's an interesting point, J.D. You know, you're, you're saying that even though, you know, um, uh, the Duke of Hastings is the biggest thing coming out of that whole show, he is only one of four Black people on that entire cast. Wow. And so we have Queen Charlotte. So we do have another Black, yeah. we have another Black royal, mm-hmm. which I do want to give a shout out. I'm sorry, I don't remember the actress's name, but she, she, <laughs> She was like really my my second favorite character in Bridgerton. Yeah, she's the one I heard about. Uh, yeah. Her name her name is Golda Rochevel. Rochevel. I'm probably pronouncing the last name wrong. Uh, she was. I, I loved her looks. I loved the costumes. I loved the way she delivered those lines. She was definitely regal, and I I just ate her up with a spoon. Man, she was it. She was it. So I I and I, think I will say I gotta say like while we're on the subject of Netflix crimes, the one thing that actually reminded me of the Brandy Cinderella, although it it very much was not a diverse cast at all, would have to be Jingle Jangle. It definitely carries that same spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think mm-hmm. far more so than any other. I think Jingle Jangle really does remind you of Brandy, Brandy's production of or Whitney's production of Cinderella, where mm-hmm. big numbers, colorful, every other person 
is right. is black or white. They had Asian people in it. They were Latinas in this. They right. had even it it looked like you know same sex couples were walking around in London. I mean, they had everybody in the jingle jangle. So if you have not seen that one, please do if you want to get a taste of what a real diverse class looks like. And it just makes it very happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just as you said with, with Cinderella, there was one scene in Cinderella where they were at the ball and everyone was dancing and they were all wearing all different shades of blue but the mm-hmm. dancers were all different colors and mm-hmm. it was just joyous watching that mm-hmm. scene and they would just yeah. they just look they were all having so much fun mm-hmm. yeah so okay so we brought it from cinderella who is an orphan and has a fairy godmother that tells her that she has everything she needs in her and that she should just go out and do her thing and then we have Belle, who is also an orphan, who has her protector mentor, who tells her that she's everything that she needs and blah, 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 falls in love with the wonderful guy at the end and lives happily ever after, but with some cash of her own, in her own name. And then we go to Bridgerton and we have the gracious Queen Charlotte, who's running the whole show. She's got the crazy ass husband in the back room, but she's the one that's really got the power and the money and the title. Mm. We're loving this. We're just, we're totally yes. loving this. Power. And so I think this brings us all the way to the 33rd century because we've got to get Star Trek in this show somehow. <laughs> Speaking of orphans. Right. <laughs> and we did it. <laughs> we got from Brandy to Burnham. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Here's the other black orphan <laughs> who's got you know a mentor. What? You know what? I'm going to stop you there, Sabrina. What, what, what? I know oh, you're going. Something? No, I just thought of a much better thing. Oh, okay. Michael right. is a Star Trek Cinderella. Like, <gasps> she loses her parents. She's taken in by Sparek, who very much puts his own child before her. Like, he loves her with all his heart, but he's Ooh, still like... he's the evil stepfather. No, he's the evil Vulcan stepfather. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I didn't say there's a lot of love in his heart. I just said he loves her with all of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, keep going. Keep going. Go and you know what? She does. He manages to get away from Vulcan... She makes her own path. She finds true love with Book, which, you know, I mean, he's no prince, but, you know, he's so he's cute. He got prince. a queen with him. Yo, whoa. That's, a- <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's got a queen with him. He's got a queen. <laughs> and she has, she has a fairy godmother in... Giorgio. Yes. Yep. Either, either way, in, in either, either timeline. Either timeline. She's got her fairy godmother, who in terra firma told her, just as Whitney said to Brandy, you have everything you need. <laughs> you should take that captain's chair. <laughs> From them fools. <laughs> and so, yeah. yes, yes, listeners, we have brought you from Brandy <laughs> to Burnham. Oh, my God. It took that long to get from Brandy's braids to Burnham's braids. Burnham's braids. <laughs> And that's so, how long it took for everyone to get braids again. <laughs> and as the captain of the Discovery, yeah. 
she is now sitting where she always <laughs> needed to be in her own little corner. <laughs> in her own little center seat, baby. <laughs> center seat. Right. Let's All right. We did it. We did it. We made it. It only took three seasons, but well, we Star Trek showed it's possible. Well, you know. It's possible. It's possible. It's po- okay. Are we ready? Are we going to sing? It's possible. It's for possible. a poor little. Go ahead, you sing. <laughs> no, so we'll wait for the soundtrack. Thank you. <laughs> nope, nope. We need, we need, that's right. We need that soundtrack. <laughs> Who, who's listening? Who's listening, Sabrina? Uh, uh Arista? No, Atlantic. No, Records? Atlantic. 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 Yeah, Atlantic, Atlantic you're Records. Listening. If you're listening, if you don't want Sabrina and we to know sing, you are. <laughs> You need to get this out. I mean, come on now. Whitney's, Whitney's past, man. Let's go. Right. Let's get this out. Yeah. So, oh, all right. Yeah. So that's our show, right? Have we, have we done it? I think so. I mean. It, and it's that story and we're sticking so. with it. Yeah. I think it was a great subject, um, JD. I think that was perfect. I mean, it means, because like you said, the that's, that, that uh, Brandy Cinderella means it's very sentimental to people. And, um, you know, some people might not get it, but it, it means a lot to people. I, I know it does. And as I, just from, from you bringing it up, I know it does. Yeah. As I think um, Michael taking that. And I will, you know, you, it's just about showing people what's, what's possible, how you can achieve your goals, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I, I got to say. The only thing I think we, we need to put out there is that the, the, the line that um, in the song that says impossible things are happening every day. Um, that's basically what sci-fi is all about. Um, the, the writers, we were saying the writers that write sci-fi now are putting that stuff out there and um, it's happening. You know, people are yeah. watching little girls become captains, little black girls with braids become captains on starships, um, you know, all kinds of things. So Impossible things happen every day. So, oh no, it's not important anymore. No, uh, I'm gonna let the ending happen. No, 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 keep going. What oh, are we can. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, you always come with oh. jewels. I, I was just gonna quote, I believe, Arthur C. Clarke, who said that magic is just science we don't understand yet. Okay, that was it. Yeah. So we've come from Arthur C. Clarke's magic that we don't understand yet all the way to science. Well, actually, warp drive that we still don't understand yet, but <laughs> we've done it. So um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sci-Fi Sister JD, for this great topic. And thank you, Yvette, for walking me through it and making me watch Cinderella <laughs> again after all these years. I had so forgotten that I'd seen it. Um, we want to say a, another shout out to our two missing sisters, Fran Taylor. Harper, who are busy, busy, busy doing other other things, but uh, they will be back on our next podcast. And tell us where you can find us, Yvette. Sure, we can. You can find us at SciFiSisters.com. That's S Y F Y S I S T A S dot com, and you can join us on the Mothership on Facebook. That's M U T H A. S-H-I-P, or the Sci-Fi Sisters Book Club, both on Facebook. On Instagram, we're sci-fi.sisters. And on Twitter, 
at Sci-Fi Sisters. Okay, and that's it for us today. And we want to just wish you peace, love, and hair grease. <laughs> Good night.